From the city of brotherly love and the great state of Ohio, this is Deadline. I'm Michael Sperger. And I'm J.C. Wilson. J.C., if you'll indulge me, I think I want to talk about Charles Kuralt. Oh, please. Please do. Okay. So, for those unfamiliar or, you know, under 75 years old, uh, Charles Kuralt was the original host of CBS's Sunday morning television program. Uh, which is still going these days, I think, with Charles Osgood as the host. I think so. It was a favorite of my grandparents. My grandmother dutifully recorded every episode in her later years on her TiVo. Bless her. <laughs> and Charles Kuralt was this guy who started out as a reporter for CBS, and CBS, a news reporter. And he was not very good, by his own admission, at... Uh, following the big news stories of the day. I read his autobiography. He talked about how, you know, he'd report into the office and they'd ask where he was and he could never, you know, get to the breaking news in time because he was so much more interested in being out on the road and reporting um, on the day-to-day lives of everyday Americans. Now, he also turned out after his death to have an extra family uh, living in Montana, I believe. And that's a little awkward as far as the legend goes. I, I think it could be labeled as things like awkward. Sure. I, it feels like we need a disclosure statement here. I, Michael Sperger, Michael J. Sperger, being of sound mind and body, do not currently have an extra family in Montana. And, and I, J.C. Wilson, am not currently aware of any extra family hidden or otherwise in Montana? To, to, to your knowledge. To, my, to the best of my knowledge. To the best of your knowledge. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that, uh, that I always enjoyed about Sunday morning was how unhurried it was. And it was, you know, it was positioned the exact right time uh, in the week, Sunday morning, Regardless of whether or not you're participating in religious services, Sunday morning is that kind of quietest time of the week. WXPN here in Philly does uh, Sleepy Hollow, uh, which is a very chill program on Sunday mornings on the radio. I think we came into this episode feeling like we wanted to capture a little bit of that vibe and a little bit of that pastoral feeling from our lives these days. I I absolutely agree. And one of the things that I remember most about uh, Sunday morning was usually the outro was just this, this quiet pastoral moment. And it was always such a surprise to me as a kid. It wasn't the way television was supposed to work. That wasn't the way shows ended. Um, It wasn't the way you sort of played things out, I guess. Much like uh, finding an instrumental track on a pop album, you know, in the 80s. That's just something that that shakes you. You go looking for the lyrics in the, the, uh, well, there used to be cassette tapes and there used to be album art and there used to be books inside of the records that told you what the words to the songs were. We don't. We don't really do that anymore. But tell me about the old days, Pappy. Oh, don't start me. But it was one of those things where you'd come across this thing and you you would look at it and say, that's not something that's done. I don't understand. That was what stuck with me. And that is something that I've always enjoyed, especially in in radio, is listening to those kinds of programs that that take things in that direction. You're right. That's sort of what we were were thinking to address. 
So in this week's episode, we uh, have taken some recordings from the pastoral moments in our own lives. Um, I, I've been getting into playing with Legos here at home. That's my substitute hobby since the uh, model railroad thing is on hold for the moment um, during lockdown. And how about you, JC? What uh, what did you capture from your home life? I have been reacquainting myself with my homeland. Uh, I, I now live, I think I've said this before, about a quarter mile from the house I grew up in. And it struck me several mornings that for the first time in like, I'm going to go ahead and say like 30 years, the sounds of morning are sort of what I remember. And there's something very familiar to it all. So I kind of just sat down and listened to the yard, if you will. So the first order of business is just sorting what we have. We had a couple of shoe boxes worth of Legos from when the kids were younger. And I picked up a base plate and a starter box of Lego Classic from the Target the other night. So I'm just getting all that in order. have a whole bunch of bins sitting on the table in front of me. So there's, I got like food organizing, food storage bins uh, when I was at Target. Of course, one of the problems with starting into sorting a bunch of Legos is that you don't necessarily know what you've got, therefore how many categories and how much it's going to be in each. I have a step-brother-in-law who is a philosopher and at some point we'll have an interesting conversation about taxonomy. I mean, I kind of know what Legos are, so I knew roughly what I was in for, but the amount of them is a surprise. Uh, about half of one of the shoe boxes at this point is just completely full of roof pieces. Uh, those like sloped pieces. Uh, and so I guess what that means is whatever I start building is going to involve some pretty elaborate roofs. Oh, and here's a minifig body part. There are body parts 
strewn through this whole thing, which is fairly disturbing. Uh, one of the only intact bodies to come out of this so far was an Ewok who is laying here looking at me, and that is also disturbing. I think when I was doing this in younger days, uh, neck and back pain wasn't so much of an issue. There's a lot of stooping over and looking. I'm also wearing reading glasses as I do this, which is both necessary and humbling. The squeaking is my chair. Ugh, I just noticed my knuckles are all dirty uh, from these old Legos. They were in the basement, and I guess they have a little bit of dust and what have you on them. So it's dirty business. I guess I should be, if I was treating these like proper collector's items, I guess I'd be wearing white gloves or some such as I did this, but... Uh, beauty of messing about with Legos is that while some of them are older than others and some of them might technically be classics, I'm just going to treat them like toys.
one of the things I'm remembering as I go about this is that uh, when my kids were little in the early 2000s, Lego had arguably lost its way a little bit. They were making a lot of specialized sets that had pieces that were technically Lego in the sense that they had some studs on them, but were so specialized that they just couldn't be used for general purposes. And I know that uh, a fierce debate happened within the company in those years because they were making a lot of money from licensed sets, Star Wars and Harry Potter and stuff, but those pieces were really not in the spirit of Lego. And, uh, and I have a whole bunch of them now. We must have had some kind of Harry Potter castle or Hogwarts or something because I have about 11 million of these tall, sloped kind of battlement pieces. No idea what I'm going to do with those. I also keep finding random things like the cowlings for car engines and stuff like that. And it's so clear as you just sort these things now that, you know, they have no category. They don't belong anywhere in a sense, in the system. And so, for those of you who were in Denmark in the early 2000s arguing that classic is the true spirit of Lego, I have to say I agree with you. Now I'm starting to find drone heads from the uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, those, uh, those drones that, or droids that uh, could roll around in a ball and then unfold and fire. And it's interesting because I also seem to remember back in the day that Lego didn't come with weapons. Those droids are themselves weapons, but I'm sure that's a another debate that was held somewhere in Denmark many years ago and it came down a certain way because now I have a bunch of droids droid heads really laying in my bin
blues, like every blue in the color palette, and none of them quite match what we used to have. The Pantone color map is such a crazy thing. Well, JC, I want to thank you uh, again for the sound editing wizardry, especially on that one. Um, I, I think my blood pressure is down about 10 points just sitting and listening to that. It is quite a relaxing little uh, little pastiche there. I, I, I got to say, um, that was a fun one to put together. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, that you and I have been talking about a lot in between the episodes is uh, we've hit this new phase in our experience right now where I think if I look back on March and somewhat in April, I was in shock. We were all in shock uh, at the disruption to our lives. I think we were coming to grips with a lot of uncertainty, no small amount of fear about what was going on around us and what it meant for us personally. And those things are still very much there, but there's a limit to how long you can stay in fight or flight mode. I mean, there's actually a physical limit to that. And I think there's just kind of a, kind of a society level limit as well. So now we're in this new stretch of time where it still feels like time doesn't have uh, the same meaning as it did before. Um, but maybe it has a little bit more meaning to us than it did when we, when we went into the X-Files zone a few weeks back. I have to agree. Um, it's time. I guess I don't look at it as a clock based world anymore. I feel like there are rhythms and there are patterns. There are things that seem to happen at certain times. Um, but I don't feel like there's the same ticking of the clock, if you will. Um, there is a time definitely when I'm sitting at my desk and doing my job and I still have meetings that pop up and I have to go click on things and talk to people. But it's definitely not the same. And those moments when I'm not doing that, when, you know, maybe I am just sitting in the yard and staring at a tree or enjoying a cup of coffee and looking at the birds that have nested in the bushes in the front. Um, there's something to that that's a little different. And I, I have to think that's a positive consequence of sort of where we are right now. And I do want to hasten to add, we, we did talk early on about whether or not we wanted our podcast to be um, sort of timeless, if you will. So thing, you know, episodes you could come back to and talk about. And I feel like, unfortunately, we're sort of becoming uh, a moment in history, uh, which you know, is worthy of documenting and certainly worthy of talking about. And where we're, we are today is kind of on the other end of a very strange space. And I think we both noted, uh, since we just had Memorial Day weekend here in the U.S., uh, and, and we both took advantage of uh, uh, making that weekend even a little bit longer, that uh, without a bunch of social commitments and stuff to bounce around to, that time just stretched out like crazy. Oh, yeah. Four days felt like a hundred days. Yeah. Sunday morning, I woke up at some point Sunday morning and I, uh, uh, having taken off Friday and then knowing I was off on Monday again. And I just thought, man, this just keeps going. Like, when does this, <laughs> when does this holiday weekend end? It's amazing. And I, I don't think we were the only ones. Uh, I think, uh, at least where I work, a number of people decided to make it a longer weekend than normal because again, things are a little different now. Indeed. Well, we'd love to hear about your experiences of this new phase of pastoral slower life under 
various states of lockdown, you can give us a call on the dad line at 412-684-DADS. That's plus one, 412 412- 684-3237. Our operators are not standing by, unfortunately, because they've gone outside to listen to the birds. Um, but you can go ahead and leave a message and we'll pick it up. And please remember to subscribe to Dadline wherever it is you get your podcasts. Remember, every time someone subscribes, a Montana bison takes the hardtop. <laughs>